but I just wanted to like, you know, remind everyone that like, if you want to, if you want to do anything, you have to be prepared to look like a fool yeah. <laughs> and you have to be prepared to fail. Like if you're, you cannot be successful with, if you're not uh, ready to eat some. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, myself, Big Ron Partlow, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally. I pointed at the wrong guys, but you get the idea. Like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell with Harvey and I. Thanks, Harvey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> A little delay there for the dog to put in their little drum fill. Yeah. And uh, remember, Mutant sponsoring the show. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of, you know, great, great stories to tell from our recent trip. Yes. And uh, we'll get to that later. So remember, I am mutant.com. Go on there, use our codes BigRon20 or Dusty20 for 20% off. And uh, we will be forever grateful. And remember, the Think Big Bodybuilding mm -hmm. Network, Patreon. You can support Scott McNally, the, the producer of producers. And, um, you know, there's like a coach's coach. There's yes. like a producer's producer. <laughs> that's Scott. So, There's also a player coach, so, um, Greg Dunlop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And thank so, you, everybody, uh, who so is yeah, you hit, support it. Thank you. Yeah, hit the Patreon. Of course, we appreciate uh, Patreon. Obviously, get their questions asked. You know, we get to them. And then the YouTube guys. Obviously, if you ask a question on YouTube, that's one of the best places to go to ask a question. And what are we starting with, Scott? Well, Training intensity. Yeah, we got something. Well, a lot this of people actually, asking about training intensity. And this one in particular is from Jim McDonald, one of our uh, regular contributors, and he is from Patreon. Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. He sent us two. Here's the other one. He said... Oh, uh, drug question coming up later. Yes. He said, uh, you know, we talk about going to failure, and um, we all feel like we've been there with Forrest Reps. But I've wondered if given the right motivation, like a gun to the head of the person you care about most, um, if you could do more. I think that next level exists. But is it possible that it's is it nearly impossible uh, getting all my words twisted around there for us to get to? Would you guys agree? You get my you get my drift as I stumbled through that one. We got I you. Get your drift. I was reading. Is that next went. level oh. nearly <laughs> impossible? So here's my take. Um, I think that the only thing like training to failure, isn't this magical thing. Like it's not that hard to do. <laughs> you know, everyone, it, you just keep doing strict reps until the bar stops moving. It's not that hard. Like, and everyone mm -hmm. can do it. And, you know, obviously there's a safe way to do it and an unsafe way to do it. And there's a time and a place, yada, yada, yada. But it's not like it's, it's not like you have to be a superhero to train really hard. It, it's, you know what I mean? I, 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 we love to romance it and stuff. Mm. And obviously we're big fans of, of the type of training that is intense and motivating and that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, everyone, everyone can dig deep and, and find true muscular failure, you know? Now I think for someone like Dusty, who is like a finely tuned machine that has gone to, you know, like really, really, cause there's, there's failure, like put a weight in my hand and I curl it until it stops, right? And then there's like the type of failure where there's a, also a bunch of adrenaline in your system. So you get like extra reps. And that's why we get psyched up for big sets, yeah. right? That's why we get our head right. That's why we get, 
because we want to get like the right state of mind, which is also kind of a biochemical thing. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. And we want to get to that state. And, you know, I know that feeling where with that pit in your stomach on, on hack squat day, when you're staring at the hack and you're like, holy f and you get that nervousness and there's a bit of adrenaline and that drives the set more, you know? So we, we, we've all, you know, worked our bodies into that state a million times for the big sets that count. But it's, it's not a superhero thing to do. You know, athletes do it all the time. You should just, it, it's something that we should all try to find. Um, uh, we should all try to do it at some point in our life. Like everyone should know what it's like to dig real deep and get their head right for something. You know what I mean? It's a, it's part of, it's a very important experience. So we've done it a million times in the gym. I think the only thing beyond that would be a, a place you don't want to go in the gym. And that's where, you know, they say like a mother's child is trapped under the car and she somehow lifts the car yeah, because of adrenaline. And, but then tears both her biceps and rip, rip, dislocates her shoulder doing it. Right. Like that's what happens to people. Like people do that. That happens. People, people do crazy stuff because of massive adrenaline dumps that are life or death situations. But they also like often injure themselves during the process. Cause it's such a, it's cause it's such a catastrophic thing. We don't want to do that in the gym. Like you don't want to, you don't want to actually do that in the gym. You know what I mean? We're trying to, you know, you're trying to make gains. <laughs> yeah. Before we go further, you get what I, I'm saying? I do want to add something just from a technical perspective. Number one, I didn't get to say this at the intro. Thank you for being here, Ron, because I know that you had a really long week of travel. Then you had another day of travel for the show and you literally just got off a ferry. You're doing the podcast tonight. We're recording late for whatever reason. Our signal is good, but our your pictures are horrible. So I I appreciate everybody yeah. who's tuning in with us because the audio quality is great. This content is great, and I want to keep going. But I did want to throw that in there for anybody who's going, why the hell is the picture so screwy? It'll be in and out, but you can still hear us just okay. fine. That said, carry okay. on, gentlemen. Okay. Okay. This this is you know, the best you know what I mean? Looked, like, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no one even noticed <laughs> Dusty's, Dusty's part looks normal to everyone. Um, <laughs> it's just beard and, and blue shirt. Like, it's normal. It's a normal image. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think he's, I think the question is sort of painting a picture of a mythical, magical place that we could someday reach. But that's, I think that all that there is there is just like, like catastrophic life or death adrenaline dumps that aren't necessarily productive. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> Am I just tired? And now that you've said that, we are all clear. Good job. Um, <laughs> you somehow cleared the screens with that answer, and now we're back. I cleared the air. Um, but I was, I was going to add that the one thing that we've stressed a million times, I think a newer athlete will not understand, is he probably – and, and this goes for most people, they probably think they're training as hard as humanly possible. And then a more advanced and experienced lifter watches them and says, nope, there's more. And in their head, it's like, no, 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 there's not. Like, I was there. I, I, I know. And what people don't get is that intensity, absolutely, and we've covered this on the show before, it, it increases over time. So what I considered intense at the beginning of my career versus the middle versus the end were all very different things because your mind can go to a, a further place and then take your body there. And I don't think there's any way around that other than experience. Even if you're already the hardest mother effer, you know, 
I bet you in five years you're even harder. You know, yep. it's just one of those things that I've seen and watched. And, it, and it's great when you see it in a young guy because you're like, as intense as you are now, just wait. You know, because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people let their let the mental side get in the way. They don't realize how much is really there. I mean, I have a guy right now, great kid, and I feel bad because every time he sends a video, I'm like, okay, I think I can add a plate to both sides, and I think you can probably get five more reps also. Mm. Right. And I mean, and I, and I have to tell him, I'm like, this is actually good news because what I'm telling you is, imagine what's going to happen to your physique when you find this. Yeah. And I'm sure when he's reading it, he's like, dude, I barely got that. Are you out of your mind? Add 90 pounds and do five more reps. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it might, might be 10. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. When I, I remember end, like. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to jump in. I didn't realize that maybe. No, go ahead. Do. I just was going to say that um, I remember training in my parents' basement when I was a kid and just thinking, like, curling, listening to ACDC, and just being like, this is the most intense thing. You know, like, I really felt it 110%. But five years later, my definition changed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, five years after that, it changed again. You know where it's changed the most is training with a more advanced lifter. That's where I've really Mm -hmm. seen it turn on. And, I, you know, the light, I've always said it's like when new light bulbs turn on, training with people more advanced than me, and I recognize that, I have more in the tank that I could take it further. Sometimes, you know, and it is, it is, it's something we all can do, but you're right, Dusty. It's just like over time, it just keeps evolving. So, you know, you Mm -hmm. can't expect to just walk in the gym and do exactly what Dusty does out the gate. It's something we cultivate over time, you know, and part of it, I think, is what our central nervous system is capable of. I learned that because when I got sick, all of a sudden my my like central nervous system was shot. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'd start that, you know, just when the set started getting good, when you start feeling that burn in the muscle and you say to yourself, okay, these are the reps that are going to start counting, plug in for it because this is where yeah, you yeah. really get serious. And then my brain would just go stop and I'd have to put the weight down. And, and for me at that point, it like, to me, it was like a, a just a mental stop, you know, and my body wouldn't go any further. And so I had to kind of it redefine failure for me in the opposite way, I guess. You know right, what I mean? Right. So it's like and then I've had to rebuild it from there. So it's it's a constant thing. And that's, I feel like, yeah, that's the most awful thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, dude. Like catastrophically. <laughs> like, I'm, mentally I'm sorry, but my brain was like broken. When I heard, like, I, like I would be shattered. No, that's still if where that I'm happened. at. If I'm completely honest with you, man, that's still where I'm at is I, I can't push to the intensity that I had before. And, you know, it's it's something I've had to come to learn to you know live with and, you know, still find how to plug into bodybuilding in other ways. And I'm not saying I'm where I was two years ago, but it's nowhere mm-hmm. where it had been, you know, and I, I can't, right, right. I can't access that. That's a whole other conversation, but you know, there, there are, I guess, other elements than just the weight stopping like dusty, what you're capable of on like a nervous system level in you mm-hmm. too, Ron is it's been trained. It's been trained right. over years, you know, and that's, yeah. I think part of what you guys have developed. Well, well, they say the same thing when you go to a doc, like, you know, I had to do um, PRP and stuff before. Yeah. Um, and the doctor warned me. He was like, all right, well, when we when we go into the knee, you're going to jump off the table. So just be ready. And I was like, OK. And he hits the knee and I'm talking to him. And I was like, so 
when is, is you're going to tell me before the bad part? And he goes, it's happening now. And I was yeah, like, your tolerance. Oh, for pain. and he's like, he goes, this is so weird. But he said, I had already sent Matt in there, my old training partner. And he goes, both of you talk to the entire time during yeah, this. And he goes, funny. people literally like crawl out. He goes, I see grown men and like with their eyes watering up and tearing up. And he's like, it's gotta be getting used to pain. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's a, it's yeah. an interesting thing. Cause it, that's a mental and physical side as well. You know, what I was going to bring up too, that, that, that people have to keep in mind is even when you get to the highest point, we've all had one of those sets where, even for you, it's off the charts. <laughs> yeah. You know, where like, like you'll be training and all of a sudden you realize during the set, you can't hear anything anymore and you're just blasting out. And then you finish the set and you rack and it's like someone grabbed the old school volume and just turned it back up slowly. Yeah. And I always used to think when that would happen to me, I'm like, why can't I do that every time? Hmm. Like, cause that's, that to me is the set. And you're like, I mean, I've maybe had 20 of those in my career. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, why yeah. can't I just call on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, I, w one of the things that I try to do now in the gym is, you know, I know I'm not going to lift, you know, heavier weights and all that stuff. I know that that stuff's, you know, certain things aren't going to happen anymore. Certain movements I don't do, but I try to get a set that really, is like an experience once in a while. You know what I mean? Like I still hit those sets occasionally. Like uh, the other day doing legs, I had a really great set where I got more, I, you know, I, I sort of know how many reps I'm going to get with a weight. You know, I'm like, if I get eight to 10 with this, I'm going to be really happy because that means like I'm holding my strength yeah. and things like, you know, I'm maintaining like a certain level of muscle and I'll get in the machine and I'll crank like 12 and I'll yeah. be like, Fuck, okay, I still got it. I can still dig a big set out once in a while. You know what I mean? That and 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 yeah, like those sets don't happen all the time to everyone, but that's because there there there's a lot of things going on, right? And you, also too, you know, one of the things, one of the arguments against training to failure is that it limits the amount of volume you can do later in the workout. It affects your performance on all your following sets, which is true. Like there's a certain trade-off, right? You know, if you don't go to failure on any of your sets, you could do a whole bunch of sets that are pretty hard. You know, if you're smashing those types of sets, then your, your ability to do 20 more of them is like hugely diminished, right? right. So, so there is a trade-off, like how much, you know, volume do I, like, you know what I mean? That's what we're always doing is surfing the curve. That's why we only go to failure on X number of sets per workout. Um, you know, like Dusty would do how many four sets for back that you'd go to fa absolute failure on or something like that. Yeah. Three to five max. Right. So, so there's a reason why we limit it. You know, we don't do 15 of those, but, oh, well, no. but even, even of the three to five sets that you do on your back day that are all out, you know, if maybe one of them is, is like that where mm -hmm. it, you blast a new number and you know what I mean? You go to that, you, yeah. you know, your music, music, music disappears for a minute and you know, all that stuff. That's like a really great day in the gym. And that is a skill. And, and, uh, and, and like you said, I, I remember watching a video, one of the battle for the Olympias in the old days with Lee priest. Mm -hmm. And he like turned and cracked a joke to somebody. And then he just turned and just like got under 
you know, three plate incline and just unracked it and did 10 weight, 10 reps himself with no spotter, you know, like, and he goes, you know, you, you should be able to train hard, you know, you should be able to just flick it on like a light switch. You know, so I remember that. That's a great and, transition because I wanted to ask you guys this because I know my answer, but how would you tell someone newer to the gym to a, a, a routine or something to help them get more intensity out of their sets? Like, Right before a set, is there something you would tell guys to maybe do to help them well, get their mind in that place? From observing Dusty, they need an OCD. <laughs> they need something OCD. So they take the wraps off, <sighs> and then they put the wraps back on, <laughs> and then they do their set. And then as soon as their set's done, they take the wraps off, and then they put the wraps back on, and it's time to do the next set. That's I'm just kidding. I joke that Dusty about that before. I've used I've used cues like that. Like I know that's your thing, Dusty. I've used that where I've yeah. had a song, where I'm like this one part of the right. song. When I hear this, like I, it's almost like I try to like do this like mental hypnotism thing, where on SoundCloud you can just like grab the screen and pull it, and you can see like the waves where the you know the parts of the yeah. song are, and I'll just like pull it back, and I'll be like, okay, so if I pull it back here. I'll be where I want to be in about 30 seconds, you know, something like that. And I, right. I've done that for multiple sets. Like every time, yep. just roll it right back to that same spot. And I'm like, when I hear that, I use it almost as like this, like programming where I'm like, when I hear that, that part happen, there's nothing that can stop me. Period. Yeah. You know, I, and maybe- I, I, I've done that a lot with songs. Cause you know, a lot of heavy songs, like there'll be a, a guitar riff yeah. for maybe, 15 seconds and then the drums will hit you know what i mean like that's sort of a you know a rock thing right there's that that opening riff plays three or four times through and then on the next one everyone hits and so you know you're staring at the leg press and you press play and you're like the countdown is on right yeah (laughs) countdown is on you crank your belt you step into the press you put your feet up and set them and the riff is looping around and you unrack it and then it's time to do the set and you can't pull out cause you're in it and the f- song started and you're on the train and the train <laughs> is just f- going. And, and I, I've done that a million times, Scott, I know exactly, <laughs> you, you know, that, or, or sometimes like, like there's this one live Pantera track where Phil like talks for a few seconds, Ooh, yeah. you know, he's like, well, oh, thank you guys. Our record came out number one. You know, and this one's fuck Bob. You're not going to hear this song on the radio or in your, you know, the only place you're going to hear this song is in your car. And then they, <laughs> they launch in, they launch into suicide note part two and uh, it just hits like, and, and, and uh, so I'll, I'll be in the hack squat unracking it while he's talking and I'm yeah. waiting for that. And then that, when that drum roll comes down, I like rep one it's on. And, and, and so like, I've done that a million times. I did that for years and years and years. Like my whole time I was bodybuilding and competing, I did that with music. So that's, that's like, a, that's, and it's great. And it's, it's awesome to hear you say like sliding it back, let yep. it go. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Cause it's like, once it starts going, you're on that train. It's happening. I, I saw a guy, I don't know who it was. I mean, the, you know, maybe it's one of these Huberman wannabe guys that, you know, is given life advice, but, yeah. um, he was saying like one thing that really helps people get out of bed in the morning is start counting down from five. Really? Huh? Like if you're laying there and you're like, I have to get up, but I don't want to get up. Just go five, four. And you're like, Shit. 
I have to. Three. It's closing in. Two. <laughs> and you swing your feet out of bed. And I remember hearing him say it. And I was like, man, that just sounds like a little thing. And then, and I remember it was like, I don't know if it was the next morning or whatever, but I actually was laying in bed. And I was like, I don't really want to get up. And I just started counting. And I was like, I have to now. Yeah. Like you, because hey, your mom used to like do a it, deal I made with it. myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I made a deal with myself. I was like five, four. And I was like, man, this guy got in my head now. Like whatever he said, it like got in my head. And now I've done that a bunch of times and it's exactly the same thing. It's like sort of creating like a, a subconscious, you know, link to a countdown in your head of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, and you just know that it's begun. Like there's nothing you can do. It's out of your hands. You know, and I love that deal. because I've never, I've, I've never heard this breakdown that you guys just did. So I'm like super stoked that I asked because that's, I, that's the magic for is for people to figure out their way to get in that system. Cause I don't think people realize that I'm a believer that systems are supposed to be part of our life. It makes things easy when you do like Ron drinks the exact same shake before bed every day. And I would argue that if you took the shake away, his sleep would be different because that's yeah, part so of my morning routine. Shit. Yeah. That's part of his routine to tell himself, okay, now we're going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. You do the same thing with your dogs. At least I do. It's like, it's a routine. They know when we go out the last oh, yeah. time, right to bed. Like I don't have to, they know. No, oh, yeah. it's bedtime. Same you know here. what I mean? Same here. So it's the same with the gym. I, I really do believe. And then as you get more advanced, you do get to the point that Lee was at. And I finally got there by the end of my career too, where I could like be joking. And now I would just cinch my belt up, look down for like a second. I'm like, okay, go. And then mm-hmm. you're ready. Where earlier in my career, it was a 30 minute drive to the gym with the perfect music. Then it was focused out of my mind, the entire workout. Don't talk to me. Right. And eventually you don't need that. It just clicks in and uh, okay, we got to do this real quick. You know, what was the most, what's the most like, like aggro sort of angry youth bodybuilder. What, what, how, like, what was your, what year was that for you? And you were like the most hat down headphones in when you go in the door God, I just let the whole world know. Let the whole world know I'm here to talk to me. Like every every bodybuilder has like a year where they're at their peak. Well, I I think that for for most, it's uh, long before you get good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And walk around with a big D ball head. (laughs) Yeah, everything is wrong at the moment, but you are locked into it. Uh, I have to slightly, <laughs> I, I have to slightly sidebar this, but there, there's memes you'll see now where it shows like a guy standing there in a different gym outfit, and and another one next to him, another, and it breaks down the number of years you've been in the gym underneath of it, and I oh, swear to you, they're flawlessly accurate. That's amazing. I'm like, that's exactly what I did. By the end, the shirt is big and baggy, so are the pants. You look like you're hiding, and in the beginning, you're naked. You're, you're in the yeah, gym. Right, right, right. <laughs> Like, the, the gym science what or bro science life guy did a video about that and he had the he had like the second stage was like the gym bro where you wear a tank top and he's like congratulations you finally made it you're big for the first time and the last time of your life you're gonna feel like you've accomplished something <laughs> right <laughs> yeah downhill yeah. from there yeah. yeah you're soon gonna start feeling continually inadequate yeah yes yeah oh, oh man, man. That reminds me of the um, I don't know if you guys ever saw, but um, but when when uh, who was it? What the hell's his name? David Goggins sent the birthday uh, message to Joe Rogan. 
Uh-uh. Did you guys ever see that? No. And, it, he, and Rogan, Rogan repeats it back in his voice. But he's like, congratulations. 52 years ago today, you got your chance to and die and that's what you're gonna do so the question is between <laughs> that day and now what are you gonna do with it and i was dying because that's that's literally how you look at this process too it's like now that you're big congratulations you will be small for the rest of your life yeah yeah like, yeah yeah until you yep. retire and don't care anymore like, yes you'll always be nagged <clears throat> yeah. oh, okay only by you so anyhow okay. We What's went the next off on one, that Scott? poor guy's subject. That was good. <laughs> that was real good. Yeah, and, and I, I guess, too, one of the things I know, because we kind of brainstormed this one a little bit because we like the question so much, it's just so important because that's how we make our progress, not only in making muscle growth, but I have seriously found that the people I've worked with, the guys who train the hardest, not only are the guys that they that get the biggest, they're the guys that get the leanest, the fastest, the easiest, too. It's You can see a night and day difference. And as a coach for going on 15 years now, I have enough of a cross section of people to say that I am a hundred percent confident in that statement. I am absolutely confident in it too. And you know, I, I, if I like, I've got lots of guys where they'll ask me if I'll help them for a show and I've already seen them train and I'm like, sure, let's go. You know what I mean? And then every once in a while you'll, you know, you'll, you get a client you'll be like, Hey, send me videos. And you're like, Oh man, like me and Dusty have talked about this many times. Like you could have got five more reps. Like you yeah. could have five more reps. And, and those people do not get as lean as fast. They have to do way more cardio in their mind. If you know what I mean? I, yeah. A lot of times if you find someone who's like, yeah, I have to do, I have to do like 90 minutes to two hours cardio to get lean. It's like, yeah. What do you mean you have to? Like, that's what you think you always need to do? You know, it's not like they just do it for two weeks to, like, crush the glutes or something. Get a finish, They're like, yeah. they, they think that this is, like, the normal prep. Like, 90 minutes is normal. Like, t- you know, 12 weeks out, it's normal to be doing 90 minutes, two hours every day. And obviously, there's exceptions. But I'm just saying, in my experience, like, you, once you're doing more cardio than you're training... You're now oh. an endurance athlete who's dabbling in weightlifting. <laughs> I, you told me that like five years ago, and it, it, I've I have stolen that line a million times since because it, it's perfectly sensible. Ron broke that down. We were we were like, you know, having a pizza and a steak over over across the street from his house, and he we came on the subject, and he said that, and he broke it down. He's like, how can you spend more time doing cardio and claim you're a bodybuilder? Yeah. Aren't you doing endurance? Because if not, the time spent would be higher on the side of what you are. And as soon as he said that, like my brain exploded and how simple that was. Yeah. And I'm well, it's like if someone, you know, it's a law of specificity, right? Your your body will be what you train it to be the most. Mm -hmm. That's that's how a lot of it works. So if you know, if 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 you if you train it to be one thing and then you do like an hour a week and another thing. You know, like, what do you expect to be the best at? Yeah. Right. The thing you train every day to do, right? So the thing you spend the most time on is what you're going to be the best at. And are you supposed to be bodybuilding or getting really, really, really good at going upstairs? 
I don't know. <laughs> you will be a great, you'll be great to going to Germany and visiting the cathedral. Yes. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about that. Today. I don't know. So uh, the next one we had was, um, what, what are the best pieces of advice that you would give your younger self for putting on mass? What are the most important pieces of that puzzle? So the younger Ron, the younger Dusty, if you go back and say, hey, you stupid kid, listen up. This is the game changer. You know, this is the thing you don't know. What what are those things? And I know that's a big one to just drop on you, but. I would have, I would have, like, there was, there was several times where I got unnecessarily heavy and I ate too much fast too. food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, we just came from a different era. Like back in the 90s, fast food was like, I think it was junk food and you didn't dare eat it when you were dieting for a show. It was like a real, like, what the hell? That guy's a loser. He cheated on his diet with McDonald's. Like, but in the off season, there was like the cat, it was just all about the calories, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, we put on a heap of muscle back in those days with, you know, really good drugs. And, uh, <laughs> and that was definitely and, a part of it. <laughs> like with, you know, modern, like really reasonable because things were so expensive, right? Remember how expensive gear used to be in the nineties. So it'd be like, and how poor you know, I was lower doses of really good <laughs> drugs and just eating our faces off. And we, and everyone got huge, like, and, 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 you know, so I am a big believer in eating to get big, but you know, I think I, I ate a little too much, you know, I didn't need to eat as much garbage as I did. You know, Fair not enough. quite. And I should have been a little more moderate with my rep ranges. I think that part of my, some of my injuries and wear out, you know, stuff that's wrong with me is from, you know, I spent a, like a, an entire decade in the six to eight rep range mm. to, mm. to start with, which is like, you know, that's a lot all the time, like leg pressing in the six to eight rep range, like plates on plates on plates, no dates. <laughs> none. waste of all time the plates none of the dates. <laughs> all the plates none of the dates um you know i mean obviously i i definitely fell victim to to what ron said as well uh that being said the only alteration i would make to that a little bit just for people listening is that's where you also have to know yourself like i have clients that i have to do that are way tighter than other ones i just their body wants to get fat and you like, mm -hmm. and it's such a tricky line because you got to be at an excess of calories to put on mass, but like barely, you know what I mean? And you don't, you can't go beyond that. But for me, it was that. Um, and I think that it, I got it later, but less is more is what I had to get to because I just loved and still do, but I love to train more than anything. I was, I got into bodybuilding because I love to work out, not the other way around. So it was very difficult for me to not train six, seven days a week and even train in the morning and then have a buddy call and be like, hey, did you train this morning? I'm like, yeah, but I'll come again. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there's nothing I would rather do than train. And I don't, I, I can't say I regret it because those are some of my best memories. I mean, I have more memories from the gym than I do the stage. For That's sure. That's cool. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you want good advice on how to be a better bodybuilder, it was definitely, I had to learn less was more, especially with, I mean, volume and frequency. <laughs> so, you know, that like I do, like we've talked about before, the difference is so interesting because nowadays I think there's too much information that's leading us to be weak in all areas, not just the gym. Um, 
But I think we can all attest to back in the day, the idea was to be the sickest training person in the gym. Like you wanted people to think you were insane because that meant you were hardcore. And now right. you want to be a scientist. No, I left 17 reps in reserve. I see that. You're 162 pounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I do think while we're leaving this advice, if I could lean guys in one direction or the other, do, do our mistakes instead of the ones that are being made now. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with that. That's funny that you you I, I have to like at I've already kind of admitted to it before because I remember doing a post on it. Uh-oh. But what what Dusty said about wanting to be like the hardest training guy in the gym, that was always like a goal of mine. Like hmm. I remember specifically thinking it, and I remember I made a post about um, when I moved. I moved one time when I was younger to Edmonton. I was I would have been twenty three years old. And I moved to Edmonton and that's where I lived for almost 20 years and did most of my competing out of, out of Edmonton. And I moved there to train at this old gold's gym that was on Stony Plain road. Um, it closed like a year and a half later, <laughs> but everyone was training there and it was like the bodybuilding gym. And I remember when I moved there, I knew that all the bodybuilders trained there. I knew that all the, you know, the national level guys trained there. There was this one big heavyweight that trained there that everyone knew. And all the, co- all the, and this was back in the late nineties, all the, all the gurus of the, of the, the region all trained there. You know what I mean? It was that gym. Awesome. And, and it was very, very centralized. Like everyone was there. And I remember thinking like, I have to earn everybody's respect here. Hmm. Like they've seen me compete. I won the, I won the big show that just went down and now I moved here. So everyone knew I was like the current provincial champion and I was the guy that was going to go to national soon, you know, like I was that guy and I was young, but I have to earn everyone's respect all over again. Cause now I'm training here. Like mm-hmm. they only, they only know me as a guy that was on stage, you know, looked good, but now I have to earn their respect in the gym. Hmm. And I remember specifically seeing those as two different things. Like they all see me as a good young bodybuilder. That's fine. But I, but I need them to respect me in the gym. And I remember it was separate. It wasn't, they weren't the same thing. I totally and, um, and, and, and uh, so I just remember like the, the, the vibe, like that was an amazing era for a part of my life. Cause you know, every day that I walked in that gym, I had to be like on my like I didn't want to look like I was fucking around like I walked in I said hi to everybody like I am but I went straight to the leg press and fucking got to work you know what I mean like I was that Mm -hmm. type of guy hat down like just like that mentality and and you know I always ask people for spots because I thought the worst thing in the world would be to do a set and just rack it with reps left with all these people around me yeah I can't let them see that like I have to train so hard that everyone in the gym is like, what the fuck is he doing? And so that was my mentality. And yeah, it might be dumb. It might not be optimal, but it was just how I was. And so I would ask everyone for a spot. I'd go up to a perfect stranger and be like, hey, man, I need you to give me a spot on this hack because I'm, you know, I'm going for eight. And the guy would be like, okay, you know, and he'd come over and I'd tell him, don't fucking touch it. Don't tell touch it. Tell him to die. <laughs> I'm gonna die, and he'd be like, "Okay, you know." Like I remember that, and and I did that every day that I was yeah. in there. Obviously, I got to know everybody and everything like that, so it wasn't like 
I was doing asking strangers very often, but it was just a great atmosphere. But that was just, that was, uh, that was, I mean, that was 1999, 2000. That was a certain era. Like the message boards were a thing. Like it was just a crazy time in the gyms, you know? And, and I was on like a mission to be respected by everyone around me because I respected them. Like these are the national level guys and the coaches that had helped them and all that stuff. And I wanted to like, you know, belong, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that will help somebody out there get a little motivation in the gym or, or, you know what I mean? Just help people understand, you know, what the vibe of the gym was back then. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome time. Yeah. 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 I can relate to all that. I, I've said this one before, if I were to go back and tell myself anything, it would have been that after I got out of photography and came back to Michigan and took just a blue collar job to figure out what I wanted to do with life, working for the pop company or soda for people not in Michigan or Canadian, it <laughs> was it was too much physically. Like it was, I burnt up too many calories, and the amount of food that I needed was so high to grow. I could have gotten bigger than I did. I ate so much food, like so much. We're talking like eight thousand calories was at my, oh my at my peak. It was like a meal every hour, you know? And uh it caused digestion issues, you know, because I was just like not eating all clean foods at that time. So there's right. that. And you know what else? I some I wanted to throw in one thing, Ron. You said something about how everybody just wanted to be as big as they could and that was kind of the mindset back then versus now. You know what I think part of that was for me was that bodybuilding is so hard. Like to make good progress is so difficult for most people. And I, my attitude had always been that I was literally going to shoot for the moon to try to reach for the stars. You know what I mean? And I feel like one of the things that might hold people back today is they're only shooting for the clouds. You know, they're like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't want to get too big. I guarantee you, you're never going to get as big as you try to get most of us. Mm -hmm. So if you don't try that hard, you're going to achieve even less. That's I just wanted to throw that in there as like one additional old man advice. You know, I would I would fair I would I would bet that most guys with legit 20 inch arms were trying to get 22 inch arms and failed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They weren't like just, you know, there's not a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys that were like, I'd like to have a 20 inch arm. And then they just trained till it was 20. And they're like, there we go. Yeah. No, no. Perfect. That was was six months. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's, I used to say that in the the stores all the time. Because back in the early 2000s, you know, basically, you know, 2001, 2008 women in the gym were, were getting more common, but there was still that big thing. Like you, you shouldn't use, you careful with the weight. You don't want to get bulky. Yeah. Don't get too big. Yeah, you know? So they used to come in and say that all the time. They're like, ah, I don't want to get too big. And I used to, I, I used to say this to every single woman. And, uh, I'd be like, do you ever, uh, do you ever date a guy that wanted to get huge? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, did he ever do it? Like, <laughs> no. I'm like, but you think you're going to do it on accident. Yeah. And they would just look at me and go, that's a really yeah. good point. What do I need to do? Like it, it ended it immediately for them. Cause I'm like, yeah. your, your man went to the gym and was eating and doing all this and killing himself. And he never got really big, but you think you're going to like slip and fall. I'm like, Oh crap. I got an 18 inch arm. That was That's so funny. not what I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I had a, I heard a girl, like a woman, she was like a completely clueless, like gen pop woman. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she was very nice, though. But she said, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't ever want to get like, I don't want to train like heavy and get big like bodybuilders. I just want to look like like how some of those Olympic athlete girls look. And I'm like, <laughs> that's all. That's all. And I go, oh, Uh-oh. you mean the most explosive and powerful athletes in the world? Yeah. You mean the girls, the girls that have like, you know, 10 second, 100 meter times and and that can, you know, clean and jerk. 250 pounds and you know can do standing backflips and the girl yeah like you just yeah. want to look like an explosive track and field superstar yeah. yeah you don't have to lift any weights for that you don't have, you know what i mean i had that inside <laughs> joke with my first bodybuilding mentor and i don't I look totally like a bodybuilder that rick davis <laughs> I don't look like a bodybuilder just a rick, long jumper <laughs> rick davis was my dad's buddy good friend and he was they all lifted at the gym some of the guys were into powerlifting some of them were into bodybuilding there was some gear back then and rick knew a lot in, at the time a lot more than me i'd train with him sometimes and i we had that inside joke you know people who said like i don't want to get too big we would say don't worry you won't it was just yeah. the inside yeah. thing though don't, don't, worry, don't worry you're not gonna it, <laughs> i remember learning that at like 14 years old don't worry you're not gonna get too big it's not gonna happen. i i had i i one of the funniest things i saw was my one buddy was like yeah you know I don't want to. I don't want to train like you guys. I want to get too big. And my buddy, my buddy just said, "You won't. You've got the worst genetics. Look at your body." He just went, just laid into him. He's like, "Nothing's gonna happen. You could literally train every day. Like, look at how you're shaped." He's like, just into him. Just "You lost the genetic him. lottery like, okay, every way." Okay, okay. He's like, "Enough." He like had to like tap out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had a training question here. Now, this is uh, from uh, this. This is one of our uh, Patreon guys. He is a very hard trainer. He said, um, "I have a question for us. Just bodybuilding, if possible. I've been doing push pull legs on a four day routine for a good while and making good progress, but I'm starting to notice I'm getting really tired toward the back end of my workouts, and the isolation work is suffering a bit, especially for biceps on pull day. I've seen this before. Um, I was thinking of giving the Dorian split a run to allow for more recovery between sessions and less overall work per session. The question I have is that because I train alone, um, Billy No Mates, um, would one set to (laughs) failure no forced reps, negatives, etc., cetera, uh, be enough? Or would you advise a top set and a back off set like I do with push-pull legs? Thanks. Well, <laughs> so this is really, really up Dusty's alley, but I'm just going to say that there's, like, he asks if it would be okay to just do one set. And the, the funny thing to me is that he doesn't just try it. Mm-hmm. Like, just try it. Like, the, here's where the, the fear of shrinking instantly. Like, he's like, I don't want to back off because I don't want to, like, shrink. You know what I mean? But there's no fear. Just cut down. Just do one set for a whole week on the whole routine. Reset your recovery. See how things go. That's what I would do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the next week, I just do one main set of everything and just figure it out. What's going on? What day is too much? What's going on? Why am I so tired? I'm back day. You know, because that back day would be the second day, right? It'd be push-pull legs. Mm-hmm. And then he's taking a day off and then push-pull legs. Yeah, I would just cut the volume down and everything and just reset and build up from there what's needed. But there's no fear. Like, you shouldn't be afraid to do it. 
Well, that's, that's exactly right. You have to figure out what will work for you. What I like about the question is he's already realizing something he doesn't realize. And that is that if he continues down this road, his arms are going to be lagging. Right. Because you're not putting into them. And if you look, and this is coming from a guy who is a big proponent of push-pull legs, most guys that do push-pull legs are lagging in their arms in comparison to everything else. I mean, really look at it. Like, there is something to be said for a day to walk in the gym and focus on them. Because, listen, I would never tell you to do your biceps and then pull. No, yeah. Like, that's out of control. Well, if you train back the way I need you to train back, there shouldn't be a lot left for buys. You know what I mean? Now, so point being is earlier in your career, yes, I want you to just put on that base so you do that. And I'll worry about your arms a little bit later. And maybe they're genetic strength and you're fine. But if they're a little behind, I'm not worried because we need back first. It's going to be a lot harder to grow a big muscle group like back, right? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about just a big difference. Um, but then from there, Ron nailed it. Is This is where it sounds to me um, like you're advanced enough to start figuring out what works for you. You know, so you do. You have to give that a role. And, you know, that first week will probably feel really good because you needed the rest. It sounds like you need a deload anyways. The next week, try again. And then just like as you leave the gym, when you leave on that, are you feeling like you got nothing left? Because if you're going to the parking lot feeling like, ah, there was more, well, now just figure out where you need to put that more. Because I don't care what program you're doing, there's a line where you should be like, there's nothing else to give. It's time to go home. You know? Yeah. And that's the, that's where you need to find for yourself individually. And and I feel like it's it's too bad that there's been such a drive for the right way to train. Oh, you got to do push pull legs. You don't want to do bros, but oh no, all the best pros do bro. What works for you? Figure that out. Right. That's how right. you train. I think there's a huge value in in the like the person's personality type. It matters. Like let's say there was physiologically one optimal way to train. I don't necessarily think that it would be optimal for everybody. I think that each person's mental state, their personality would change that to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Like some people are, are just really intense individuals. Some people are very, very like um, they really need like, you know, to be constantly busy. Other people are, are really good all or none type people. Like I think there's this, a certain, you know, I think training is a little bit different for everyone in that oh. regard. Um, so I think that, you know, that has to match too. like dusty, dusty says all the time. Like if you tell him to do 20 sets of legs, he's like, I won't be able to stay focused for 20 yeah. sets of legs. Like I won't even like, I'll be like, yeah, oh, right. like squirrel, squirrel. Yeah. Like I'd <laughs> rather go in there and like melt my brain and be done in like an hour. You know what I mean? So I think that's, there's a bit of that too. You know, it's gotta be right for you. You know, it's kind of like how some people really love morning cardio. Like they love it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they say they thrive on it. Well, I'm not gonna force them to stop doing it. You know, you say okay, right. do it in the morning. You know, like I don't give a, yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> and then some people, some people are like, you know, I love doing my like I was a type of guy where I love doing my my cardio at night. You know, my girlfriend would go to bed at 11. I'd throw on the Daily Show, get on the treadmill, 
pound out an hour. Like it was, it was like, you know, eat my last protein meal, eat some egg whites, go to bed. I love, it was no problem for me, but for me to do it early in the day was just, I hated it, hated mm-hmm. it, but I could just pound it all diet long. No problem if I did it at night. So it was just how I was and I just made it work. I'm the exact opposite um, of that. Like I really, like the yeah. morning nighttime. I'm like, I don't want to do cardio now. I want to settle down, right. you know? If I, if I had to, I could, but yeah, it just goes to show how different people are, you know? I, I remember that one DVD that Jay did. I think it was oh, uh, yeah. um, a cut above Yeah, where mm-hmm. he's going to the gym at 2.30 in the morning and doing some cardio. Yeah, yeah they were vacuuming around him. him. <laughs> yeah, they're vacuuming around him, yeah. And he's I asked cardio him about that. Uh, he came out to, he used to go, I think he still does, to Central States, a Michigan show here every year. Uh, and, and I asked him once, Nobody was talking to him. They're kind of nervous to talk to Jay, so he's standing by himself. And uh, I was like, what was that all about? And he was like, you know why I did it? Because it would get back to all the other guys, and it would mess with their heads that I was doing something that they weren't doing. That's what he, At least that's the story he says now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also noticed he had a yeah. little refrigerator next to his bed. Uh, or no, in the bathroom. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a little refrigerator, you know, a little mini fridge. Never opened that mini fridge up, and I wanted to know what was in it, but I had a feeling he got yeah, that, yeah. you know, Gina Probably just cool, out. cool drinks. Yeah. Cool drinks. <laughs> Sometimes you need the, a little, little apple juice in the night, no? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're having a really hot shower and you'd like a, a make, maybe make a, a, a cocktail. A little you know, cocktail. Never know. Never know. <laughs> you, never know. <laughs> you know, sit in the hot tub, maybe sits and turns his bathtub on and puts some soap suds in and makes... <laughs> So you want some clothes. That's all. That's all. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Why was the lock on it? Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in case children got it, we don't want to get into alcohol. Um. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we did have a bunch okay. of questions here. Um, and this is, we had a couple more from Patreon, but I wanted to throw this one in from Reed on YouTube. And like Ron said, guys, feel free to comment with questions for the next episode. Fat burning supplements, powders and capsules. People used to get plenty shredded without them. Uh, implemented uh, deep into prep, low calories, lots of cardio, etc. Do these uh, do any of these other than wait? Do these do anything other than make us sweat? Have you used them and found any success with them? Well, I've I've said many times on here that I used a lot of ephedrine. Me too. Like I used the <laughs> I used ephedrine caffeine for every prep I ever did. I used ephedrine and caffeine like at least twice a day, Ex- unless I was running Clen, and then I would pull the ephedrine out and put it back put in when you take it out. Yeah, and then I would alternate two weeks on, two weeks off. That's like always worked so well for me that I just kept doing it. It was like an old school thing. It always worked. Yeah. So I just always did it. I'd go Clen for two weeks, ephedrine for two weeks, Clen for two weeks, ephedrine. And I would just go back and forth the whole prep. And um, uh, yeah, it worked well. And I also felt that like, you know, by going off and on ephedrine, I wasn't like, you know, getting too addicted to ephedrine. It was like, you know, I'd be a little tired those two weeks. So I'd be like, oh, oh, that'd be terrible. I miss my ephedrine. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't really know what it's like to diet without some kind of fat burner, <laughs> to be honest. I never ever did a natty diet, like, yeah. you know, like really. Yeah. I, I guess the thing is, I, I don't think he's correct. They're not a must, right? But, you could also argue that guys were getting big before all the machines we have. So should we not use them? Right. I mean, they're they're, they're at our disposal now. So my argument uh, would be simple. If I'm in prep and for $50 a month, this might help me. I'm in. 
Like yeah. I don't care yeah. if it's placebo or whatever. Like it's fine. You know, and and being that they all have 200 milligrams of caffeine in them anyways, I don't mind that I'm taking a couple hundred milligrams of caffeine twice a day because, quite frankly, I'm tired. So why not? You know, (laughs) Um, but yeah, is it a must? No, but that goes across the board for almost everything we take for a show. You know, I, I get we get we all get asked all the time. Is growth a must to do this? Is T3 a must to do this? Is this? No. No, no, it's not. It's good. Point. None of them. So there's the answer. I think there's a difference too between fat burners. Like, are we talking, you know, something from Vitamin Shop, or are we talking Clen? You know what I mean? I right, think that right. there's going to be a, a a difference in some of that quality, like ECA stack, Clen. Those things are going to have a much stronger effect than some of those things. They are just like caffeine with you know, mm-hmm. Yohimbine. Yohimbine has a role, I think, but I yep. agree. Do you do you need anything? I mean, I guess that's up to you, right? I remember back in the day, holy smokes. I bought some Yohimbi bark at the health food store. Ooh, yeah, garbage. <laughs> complete garbage, too. The bark. Yeah, to make tea. Oh, Yohim- okay. Yohimbi bark tea, right? Yeah. And you uh-huh. drink the tea and you get your Yohimbi. That was what we were, because we were reading about it in the magazine. So, oh, hearing about Yohimbi. Oh, Yohimbi. Yeah. And uh, I remember I had this bag of Yohimbi bark. And then right away, there was this article in the paper. Well, like, new supplement Yohimbi bark might be deadly. And it was like all about how <laughs> you could die taking Yohimbi bark. And, the, and they, they found it on the stores in some of the health food shops. And, oh, my goodness, yeah. what are we going to do about this? The funny thing was is it had been in health food shops for years and years. And the fitness people weren't buying it. It was like, like you know, other male people that were into herbs. Yeah, yeah male <laughs> enhancement. It was like the herbal thing, right? And uh, so I remember my mom, she's like, oh, my goodness, like, you're taking this stuff? Like, what is this? But luckily, my mom was a very health food store friendly person. She was a type of person that took all her vitamins. Like, she had a row of, you know, vitamins. She always had the kids on Flintstones. You know, we were like a vitamin family. (laughs) So she Mm -hmm. was sort of health food friendly. And she was like, hmm, yeah, the newspaper sometimes doesn't know what they're talking about. And she let me keep it. Nice. So my mom, <laughs> like I had, and I think that's a really big part of who I am now. I'm a skeptic. Hmm. And I remember <laughs> my mom had that in her. She wasn't the type that would read an article and get and get totally out of control. She would re- read an article and she'd be like, chances are these people probably don't know what they're talking about. So it's right. interesting. But yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember buying a bottle of Yohimbine. Um, from Vitamin World, which I don't even know if they have Vitamin World. Anymore. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was like in the mall, and it was on sale. So I was like, "Oh, I'll get this." And um, it had a. It was before Viagra, so that was it was the main thing being advertised as male enhancement. It had a okay. picture of an embracing couple on the front, like a passionate, loving, like in the bedroom picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was like a romance novel. It, it looked like a romance novel. I was like, yeah, I need that for my bodybuilding. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> All right. How touching. Uh, let's see if we can grab a couple more before we talked about uh, Germany and stuff. Um, yeah, we still got to talk about FIBO. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I wouldn't know. There was like, we'll have to tell you all about it. There was one more that I wanted to grab here, and uh, oh, you know what it is? It was actually actually is I it think that drug question? We could bring that one up, but I also wanted to bring this comment up if I can freaking find it because uh, we had uh, well, we'll bring the drug Just... question up and then I'll find that. How's that sound? I'll give me a minute to to find it. It was from Jim. 
again, Jim McDonald, who opened our show for us. He says, um, do pros use SARMs, peptides, and research chems? I'm including BPC-157 and other ones with uh, some studies. Or do they stick to AAS growth and insulin? Well, the answer is yeah. Some pros do use all that stuff. I mean, think of how many mm -hmm. pros there are now. So yeah. if you're asking if pros use that stuff, the answer is yeah. I know a ton of pro bikini girls because there's certain bikini coaches that put all of their athletes on SARMs. So there's a bunch of bikini girls at a high level that are all on SARMs, whole bunch of them, um, and and all that sort of stuff, and the research chemicals and all the peptides. and the, So I know there's a bunch of people that use that stuff. However, having said that, none of the bodybuilder pros that I am you know, in frequent contact with, use much of any of that stuff with the exception of BPC-157 and the TB-500 because those are like seen as a healing peptides. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So those are generally accepted by everyone. The BPC and the TB-500 is sort of a different, they're in like a different category from like all the GH uh, security gogs and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, some pros do use all that stuff, but generally the pros that I've talked to, like, you know, at a very high level, it's really good, clean gear, high quality GH. Some of them using insulin. Then there's some other stuff going on, like Incrolex and stuff that we've that we know about that, you know, certain people are it's very hard to get for a lot of people, but we've heard all the stories. But other than that, like there's not, you know, the big bodybuilder pros in the Olympia stage aren't taking like rad one five set whatever it's called like no. they're not using they're not using that so that's my take on it you know some people call me a dinosaur i don't give a fuck whatever i think that most <clears throat> what i would say is there are more and more peptides now that are great products um <clears throat> but i look at them as great products post bodybuilding career when you're not running all of these other things at such high numbers and things like that. So I think that that's something you factor in as well, because when I was in bodybuilding at the deepest, I was not using any of it. Yeah. And then once I retired, I've brought in not a ton, but obviously I've brought in a lot more, but I'm also taking 200 milligrams of test a week. So you know, things are significantly different and right. I do want to make sure I'm somehow taking care of the joints, doing other things. Um, cause same thing, like for me personally, I would find it ridiculous to use American growth hormone now when my bodybuilding career is over just financially. Like there are so many, my, I think my, you know, advisor would probably fire me as a client if he found out I was using growth just because, um, right, right. <laughs> Buy another property, he would say. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those things. But for the person asking the question, I agree 100% with Ron, which is chances are do some things for, for ligament and joint health, and that's it. You know, that, I, I get asked questions about things. I don't even know what they are all the time. What do you think about this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. There, there's a bunch of exciting stuff. Like I see some exciting stuff in the peptide world. Like eventually, you know, there's, there's certain products. I mean, there's that one product out now that's supposed to be good for your telomeres, you know, like that whole anti-aging 
restorative type of idea mm-hmm. that you can, you know, get better photocopies of your photocopies, you know, when you replicate cells. Um, yeah. I mean, that's really fascinating to me. Obviously, I'm not quite up to speed on, on the latest on that product either. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Scott? I can't remember what it's called. No, but I, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, here's what I've decided or what I realized was like 2012 or so. Well, I before that, we'll say like go back to 2006. I was on all the message boards. 2005, I was on all the message boards. And, uh, you know, the guys on the message boards, especially the source boards, are they're all experimenting at the time. Like the secretagogues were real popular. And everybody mm-hmm. is like, you know, and there, do you remember like that be true? And, the, and it, like the, there were people that were making this stuff sound really good. And I was really interested in discovering these new things that were coming out. And uh, then that that came with like the pro hormones and stuff. And then the SARMs came after that. But mm-hmm. there were every I, I was hoping for something that would like to learn something new. There's going to be the secret to figure out what do I need to figure out? I invested so much energy and time into that when I could have invested that into training. But there's only so much time in the day later. Right. Six years later, I five years later, I heard John Meadows on a podcast and they asked him about using uh, IGF-1 LR3. And he was like, oh, no, I never touched that stuff. I, I never tried it. And because of the education I had been building, that was like 2010-ish. And because of the education I've been building for like the last five years through these message boards, which would now be people on Reddit, I would have been certain that every pro was using all of these new designer weird things. It mm-hmm. was learning that from John through a podcast that was one of the reasons I wanted to start doing podcasts so that we could share the legit real information that's going on because until then there was part of me that was like oh yeah they, these guys they must be doing these things big rami he must be using all these different things that I don't know mm. about yet big rami's not doing i mean who knows big rami might <laughs> that might be that, that, <laughs> that might be a different story probably not but you know what i'm saying though so just to agree with you guys I, you know and and i I think we do need to break through that. There's YouTube bodybuilding and Reddit bodybuilding. And then there's the guys that are really getting big. And I'd rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather share what the guys who are really getting big do. You know, that's why I started podcasting. One of the reasons. So yeah, I did find that comment, by the way. Um, it was from Kenneth Kidd. And he said, you guys are the best. Thank you for making me feel better while going through my cr- uh, chronic kidney disease sickness, getting ready to start dialysis. Your shows get me through uh, the uh, rough days. They make them tolerable. So shout out to you, Kenneth. Well, I uh, definitely want to send a thank you out to him. Um, that's uh, that's a tough thing to go through. I've I've seen a you know a bunch of my people that I know go through it in different you know stages in their life and for different reasons, and it's it's difficult. So you know I'm glad that we can do something for the guy just by. I don't know, making fun of ourselves a little bit once in a while. <laughs> but, it's so yeah. easy for us to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really is. It really is amazing to hear that sort of stuff, you know. And, and you know, I don't know if this is a how we can segue into the FIBO trip or not, Ooh, Scott. I got, but I got one more that will segue one more? into that. It'll segue yeah, yeah, into okay. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, go on. To, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I would say to Kenneth is just thank you. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, hang in there, man. I hope that uh, – that um, there's, you know, a way out of this situation for you and you get some recovery. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. 
So he says, uh, this is on Patreon. He says, hey, Scott, loved the show yesterday from FIBO. FIBO looks awesome, and it's so cool that Mutant sent you. I have a weird question. Um, is Mutant selling those German flag shirts Jamie was wearing on the show? My wife is a German teacher and thought that those were awesome. If they are, I will pay you and uh, for you to get me one. Um, and like I, uh, like I said, I'm sure they're not available, but I had to ask, keep up the great work. And I think that they sold out like in the first day, didn't they? Well, they, we sold out a double X X's on the first day. Oh, okay. And by the end of the, by the end of the, the time, I think they sold all of them out, but that doesn't mean that's all of those shirts. They, they oh, might mm-hmm. have, they might have a couple boxes left somewhere. I mean, okay. you could always email George. I'll I'll yes. I'll tell you what I'll reach out you to could George always, then. You know, they see. love that stuff too. You know, like if we can do something, if we can put in a little bit of effort to do something special for, you know, a mutant fan. That I mean, I I've I've gone out of my way to do stuff. When I used to work at the office, the odd time we would do something special for someone that wrote something in a comment like, "Hey, I'm desperately trying to find the hat Ron was wearing in episode oh, yeah. five of this," and we'd be like, "Oh, I wonder if there's any of those left," and there'd be like right. ten left in a box. <laughs> So we'd mail the guy one, like, you know, we did that. So I don't know. It's worth it. Gotta take a look. Mutant has such good merchandise, too. At this point, I have, like, five shirts. And I have the hoodies. and Like, they have really cool stuff. Yeah. And by the way, they're supposed to be in next week for the 10,000 people that have been asking me. Okay. Um, Because I finally had to ask again. We're, like, a month behind the month behind month behind goal. Uh, and that is not mutant. That's who it comes from. Oh, yeah. So I actually text them today, and they're supposed to land next Thursday, okay. which I assume means they'll be on the site shortly. Because I imagine since we already had hours that they're they're kind of ready to go. So anyone who's asking, the moment that those are available, Ron, I, mutant Scott will be blowing them up, so you'll know they're there. Yeah. Um, I have to say they, it's great, great clothing. It's the best too. stuff they've had really ever, is. I think. And, yeah. and they make it all the way up to five X's now, which was always, I mean, that was even my complaint because for my first six years with Mutant, I made all of my own clothes and then the occasional shirt fit. Okay. Um, yeah. And Ron, I know, Yours, was the know. same. You know, back then it was, it was just. It was, I liked really big clothes, number one, and I was also very big. So it was a brutal, you know, yeah. uh, situation. But the the ones they had were awesome. Literally every shirt they made of the last patch, I'm like, these are flawless. Like, they're going to go. Yeah, the, so, new, the, the ones we got in Germany were great. So Those are cool. Um, yeah, I love that one. The, the flag one's good. You know? Yeah, I like that one. And then I've been wearing – I didn't wear it at first, but I've got the – like the oversized jersey t-shirt that I've got yours, Dusty. And then I've got mm-hmm. the one that just says mutant on it. The black kind of like yeah. the sleeves yeah, down the come side. down to there. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, a that's great shirt. Those are really good. I like those a lot. Those are like perfect for training too. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They wanted a training shirt. Um, Fibo, we're going to talk about Fibo? Yes. Dude. Yes, we have Bring to. Bring me in. Okay. So Dusty... We definitely missed you on the trip. It would have been great to have you, but you know. But Jamie stepped in like a champ. Also, he did. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie stepped job. in. That was good. Jamie stepped in like a champ. It was awesome, and uh, it went a lot better. You know, like Scott and I were talking. Remember at the Arnold, we learned all those. Like we just learned a bunch. Like you just gotta, you just gotta do it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we well, totally like, oh, this is super loud here. Bob happens to be talking now, you know, like we thought it would be over mm-hmm. by now. And like well, all those lessons that we learned at the Olympia. And then we went to the Arnold and we got a chance to do two episodes. So there were more. Yeah. More, yeah. Yeah. FIBO. There were more lessons collected and, you know, more things that we, we kept coming up with a little checklist of, ah, we can make the show better doing this and this and this. So, so Scott and I talked afterwards and we're very excited for the next episode because it's, you know, like the curve is, yeah, it was pretty better. drastic um, as a as a viewer, because um, Nikki watches them as well, and she she texts me. I, I don't know what the hell I was doing, but she was watching the second episode, and she was like twenty minutes deep, and she's like night and day from yesterday. Yeah. So the the changes you guys made in in just a day were drastic, and I'm sure you learned even more on the second day. So our next event should be even another level up. So yeah. It was, it was cool yeah. to see her say that though. Cause you know, she thought it was a big change in a day. Um, so obviously your guys' uh, post rack up wrap up conversation. You, you kind of saw everything you wanted to change. Yeah. yeah I appreciate it, your feedback too. I don't know if he sent it to you, Ron, but Dusty sent me his breakdown on the things he thought we did. Well, the things he thought we could improve on. And I was pretty much on the same page with everything you said, Outside of one thing, but it's just because that one thing, we tried something and it didn't work the way we wanted it to. Right. It was on though, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Though it did work the next time, though it did work mm-hmm. later. So I, I'm pumped. And I, you know what I didn't get to say to you yet, Dusty? I did say it to Ron in Germany was uh, thank you, because I will say at the Arnold, it was kind of scary to me to do that podcast because it was completely different than we're used to. The format had to be completely different than we're used to. And to me, I felt pressure because Mutant had like brought, they they paid for my hotel. Like I drove down, I I had actually gotten a hotel before that. And then they're like, hey, we're going to, you know, bring you down and stuff. So like there was like, I felt obligated to put on something good. And then we had all the noise. There was so much we couldn't control. And it could have, and I could see somebody else just going like, oh, I can't do this. This is just fucked up. I'm not going to be able to do this. Sorry, guys. So I, right. I wanted to say thank you to you, you know, because uh, you guys, we wouldn't be able to do that if it weren't for you guys just being like, hey, this might suck, but we're just going to get through it and we're going to do the best. That's that the majority can. of my life. <laughs> 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 this might suck, but let's go for it. <laughs> but as a result, though, it's improved. And I, I really am confident in what it's going to become now. Like yeah. the next step is going to be, I think, really cool. Did yeah. did I did I mention to you, Scott? I th- we had this conversation, but I can't remember. I put up a a video where I wiped out on my bike. You did mention it, but tell tell the audience too, because yeah, was cool. so like it was like a couple weeks ago. But I I put up a video where I was trying a trick and I wiped out, but I just happened to get it on video, so I posted it. And and it and I just thought it was like I don't do that often, but I just wanted to like you know remind everyone that like if you want to if you want to do anything. You have to be prepared to look like a fool yeah. and you have to be prepared to fail. Like if you're, you cannot be successful with, if you're not uh, ready to eat some shit yeah. and, and you know, and whether that be some pavement that kisses your hands pretty hard or, or whether that's bombing on stage, like you hear Joe Rogan talk about how becoming a good standup is all about your ability to eat shit for years. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, you want to be good? There's a gauntlet of shit that you have to eat 
like how Dusty right. talks about getting in shape, you know, the long walk through hell. Like, mm-hmm. you don't come out the other end, like, without going through, you know, the unpleasant part. And, and you know, so when, you know, doing a live show, like, I'd love the live show to be great. I'd love the expo show to be great where we, we got people lined up and they all want to be on. And you're yeah. almost too busy talking to people. You don't even sit down. Like, that'd be a cool one. It's all f- interactive. And, like, and there's lots of good segments. Like, but we're not going to get there unless we work this, work the, work the system. Like, you got to work it out. And figure it you out. Know, and, you know what's uh, cool, though, is uh, what I noticed from, from not being there is it's very obvious for us, like, we're invested in this and so is Mutant. But the amount of people that, like, reached out to me individually to say, like, they like the show and make suggestions, I was like, it's pretty cool to have listeners that are also invested. Hmm. Like, because yeah. to take the time to leave a review that's not like, that sucked, but like, yeah. hey, this part was cool and this, you're like... It's actually really cool you took the time to make suggestions. And I mean, I probably had 10. Really? That were sent through. That's why, like, the day that we did the first one. So it was cool to have a bunch of people's input. And then I watched it doing cardio to share. It's just, it's nice that people care enough to to put that in, you know? I mean, if I didn't like something, I would just turn it off. And if I did (laughs) like it, I would just watch it. But (laughs) Some Some of the lessons and the thing about, like, being prepared to, to eat shit. Some of the lessons you can't learn unless you do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you wouldn't be prepared. Like, so Scott's talking to someone, right? Scott's standing up and he's talking to someone. He's got the microphone. He's going back and forth. The other person is standing in front of the monitor, the speaker that I can hear. So right. Scott talks, Scott talks into the mic and that's why it blocked you. Cause he was standing in front of it. Yeah. But okay. I could kind of hear your voice, too. Yeah. So that's why I could kind of understand you because I'm reading your lips and I can kind of hear you because you're closer to me. And then you'd right. put the mic in front of him and he would talk. But he's another three feet away. I can't hear him. And he's blocking the speaker. Yeah. So I can't. So the guest, the guest talks and I'm like, shit, I can't hear the guest. And then Scott talks and I, for some reason, can hear him. Right. Right. So I'm like, shit, this should work. I should hear both of them. But so I kind of like trying to read the guy's lips. And like, so there was like this stuff that we learned. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, I didn't expect that to be There's a sound a issue. But once you get going, the set, you know, it's like a big swirling mess of sound, right? Yeah. So you just work those types of things out. In logistics, we figured out a bunch of logistics too. So I'll be excited the next time we could do that. Cause I, I do think that it's like ready now. Like I feel like the next yeah, one, yeah. it'll be ready it to the point where I almost wish that nobody saw the old ones. I'd rather just start with this one now. <laughs> First episode. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what's funny about that though. So the t- today, this morning I was doing my cardio and I always just watch YouTube videos while I do my cardio and, uh, I click on my on YouTube, and it's a buddy of mine's uh, channel, and it says two years ago. I don't know why it popped up now. I hadn't seen it, so I watched it. Yeah, and it was so great because it was so bad compared to now. <laughs> and I know ours are the same way, but it was funny because I'm like, it was great for where it was, but yeah. now he's so polished that you're like, oh, I want him to watch this. I want him to watch this just so he can see. Because right. like he does uh, like he does uh, test rides on bikes and he'll talk about them. And he's changed so many things. Like during the test ride, you have one camera looking straight. So I'm like watching the bike and a little bit of the road. I'm like, so I just started like looking up and doing my cardio and just listening because yeah. it was terrible to watch. You know what I mean? I was like, this is awful. And now 
the camera moves as his eyes move. You know what I mean? So I, I think there is something to be appreciated about looking at the first ones, especially yeah. when you're talking about four episodes later. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. You know, I told somebody the other day that's starting a, a podcast and he's he's making it way too complicated. Yeah. I said, hey, do me a favor. Go back to the earliest Rogan you can find and then relax. <laughs> right. Because they were terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's a polished machine now. You it know what really I mean? Is. And the problem is we all look at his show and shows like it and go, Cal, I'll do a podcast. You know, it's like, well, it ain't going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Well, Germany was cool, though. Like, that was the first time that I was in, like, the continent of Europe. You know, I'd been right to the UK the year before. Right. I do wish you could have been there, Dusty. It would have been fun. You would have had some some good jokes to crack all throughout the trip. I I know you would have. <laughs> you, you needed a little. You would have had your little <laughs> ins and outs. You would have known the places to go, the things to see, and the places to grab your food, and you know, you you would have had all of that. But Ron was was a, a great tour uh, guide there, and him and Jamie and I went all the way up to the top of the cathedral. I don't know. Would I you have joined us I for saw that? that? Would you have joined us? Six hundred stairs. <laughs> I already knew what it was. Right when I read, I was I was laughing. We laughed so hard. Watch you guys, because here's the thing: you got to remember, Ron and Jamie are in shape right now. Yeah, and they get to the top. Oh yeah, and I mean they're breathing, and I'm dying because I'm like I I just wish Ron would have done that when he was like three twenty. Yeah, no, well, you I did, did. I, didn't I, you? Like, it would have been. Mean, a, I didn't I, video I, it. No, but yeah. I wish you filmed it because he yeah, had to yeah. have like laid down on his back <laughs> and taken up the entire area while he recovered no, before going the down. One, the one thing I remember about going up that first time was that I had a hoodie on, and I think I was even in jeans. Oh, and oh. I was soaked. Yeah, I was soaked. I got to the top and I was soaked, and I took my hoodie off, and my shirt was like stuck to me, like like stuck and i was like oh man and i was it took me yeah it took me a while to get my breath but that was a lot harder i was was most proud from from afar at how quickly scott found some reliable places to get grub (laughs) i was like when you came back yeah when you came back that first night i'm like look at scott go yeah he's reconning already I went there and I went to the yeah. grocery store. I found a grocery store that I never went back to, like a few blocks away out into the, like, mm-hmm. the neighborhood and stuff. And I picked up some food. Yeah. So the food was cheaper there. It was cool, man. And you know what I noticed? I wanted to say this is so I feel like the bodybuilding scene there is more. And I told you this to you, Ron. Mm-hmm. I know it was the bodybuilding scene there is like more counterculture than it is in the U.S. And here's what I decided. I almost feel like. A lot of the people who are into bodybuilding here in the U.S., they're former athletes. They played ball in high school or college, and then they kept training. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like um it's like a, a the, something the good kids do versus Germany. There's like a there's an anti-establishment thing going on over there with oh, bodybuilding, yeah. and I freaking love it. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Guys with tattoos and piercings, and you know it was it, it was just a cool different vibe. There's, it, there's anti- a lot yeah. of like. There's a there's like a lot of bodybuilders you see that are very metal. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right in Germany, which is sort of mm-hmm. a counterculture thing like that whole punk rock metal, you know, sort of leftover thing from the Cold War era. Like there's like that neat sort of 
uh, you know, anarchy rebel yeah. type of thing, you know? I've never and seen more face tattoos in my life than Germany. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, just a definitely. head and face all over the place. Like, yeah, yeah. You didn't blink. Big, yeah, big, big, big time counterculture thing. It's like a punk rock metal sort of a thing to do. Yeah. And um, and you just see it's got that vibe for sure. Do you know my favorite gym. part is, though? As I, I'm curious if you guys ever notice this, but um, you'll see you see those people, right? And then when I'm somewhere I need to find, I usually will see someone like that and I'll walk right up. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for this. You know yeah. where that's at? And they're the people like, just walk with me. And they're like the nicest people. They're like, right this way, guide you down. This is... This is Mick. He owns the place. You know, well, it's you like, realize people right. would say the same thing about you too, walking around like you're that huge guy. You think that guy would be so mean. You know what I mean? That's what I love, though, is I feel like people need to put that to sleep. Yeah, because it's it's literally like an outfit. That's all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's important to point that out because some of the you know, it just seems like the people that, other, that some people would avoid in general. I'm like, eh, that guy's probably a doctor. Like <laughs> the, the world has changed so drastically now, you know, so, Germany has it's the most funded. doctors with face tattoos per capita than any other two. country. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's two the most one, the one. Exactly. So, but so what was your favorite part, Scott, about the whole, and don't say anything about the show, like about being in Germany outside of the expo. Well, I do have to say the expo was really cool because I'd never I been no. to. Well, he does it was this every time, every time. Well, accurately rated. Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it uh, that but it was so huge. So to explain yes. to people, it was like the Arnold is one big room, and I think the Arnold is bigger than the power the power room was or the power expo. Like it's bigger than that, and. There are going to be like a lot more, at least this year there, you know, the, the, there's more pros because they're from the U.S. You'll see a lot more of the celebrities in bodybuilding in that room. But that said, this that the, the, the bodybuilding expo itself was freaking huge. It was packed mm -hmm. on Saturday and that was like one of 10 expos all hooked together by hallways. So I can't mm -hmm. like it's so big you can't even see. Like it's just nuts, man. So, so that, and, and I would say that just hanging out with everybody from mutant was the coolest part to me. Like mm -hmm. I've known Andrea for years. We flew out together. We had the same flights. We sat next to each other, literally through the whole thing. Like we were just both really excited. We had never been to Neither of us had been there before and just, you know, getting to meet my new Sean, but getting to talk to Sean more and Jamie and everybody else, Scott and everybody else that it was just really cool to hang out with that group of people and to see how, how, um, how it's done, like how mutant does things too. Like, cause I'm not part of, I'm not part of like, I'm not an, a, you know, a, a contracted athlete that's going to the Olympia yet. I, I got to hang out with you guys and, you know, get picked up in the car in the morning. Most days I got picked up in the car. One day they forgot me. Hey, we but circled back. <laughs> <laughs> Ron thought I got in the other car. It was like, that's amazing. That's a whole other story. But um, yeah. you know, just all of that, just to just to hang out back. with everybody. That was cool. The, 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 the community that, that was, right. what was the best part to me. As I frantically tried to communicate with the driver who didn't speak English that we had to turn around because <laughs> we left a man. <laughs> Sounds we like you can't leave any. Um, <laughs> no, it's <was> funny. 
I was the last. <laughs> so I came down and 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 I saw everyone sitting there. Like yeah. I saw a big group of people sitting there, and I went and I think I refilled my water bottle or something. And I looked, and the van was outside, and there were some cabs. Came back in. I talked to like the concierge for a minute. I looked, and there was no one left in the lobby. So I was like, oh, and I looked outside, and athletes were getting in the van, yeah. and. And Jim was getting in a taxi with all the sales guys. And there's two taxis that pulled away full of people. And I went out and got in the van and we drove away. And so, we're going across, the, going across the bridge. And Drea goes, where's Scott? <laughs> and I go, isn't he in one of those cabs? She goes, I don't think so. And I was oh, like, that's amazing. Oh. And then someone looks at their phone and they're like, we love Scott. I don't know who that was. <laughs> Kevin. So, so the night before, um, I'm on time to everything, right? And Ron's like, mm. "We're leaving at nine. You know, we're leaving at nine thirty. I'm like, "Okay, I got to be pack. I had to pack up all the equipment. And I'm thinking to myself too, like, if I forget one cord, it's not like I can just true. run back up to the hotel. So I have everything laid out on the floor. It's all in my head, and then I have to put it all in the backpack, right? And there mm. were computer issues the night before. Anyway, Ron told me, he was like, so, yeah, I was like, right, 930, right? He was like, yeah, but we won't leave till 945. So I show up at 935 thinking I'm ahead of schedule, and I walk into the lobby, and it's empty. And I'm like, oh, shit. I waited for five minutes because I was like, everybody runs kind of late, you know? I literally sat down and just waited for five minutes, and then I was like, you know what? I better text That's him. amazing. Because no one is ever ready on time. That 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 part all by itself is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe Ron was down there at nine thirty. Wasn't we down there after nine thirty five. And you know what? We still got there in time. We were okay. Kevin was left at his house, and his family <laughs> went on vacation. So it could have been. I literally feel really special and important today. The entire mutant team, including two two Olympians just stopped and turned around and they came back for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> How about you, Ron? What was your favorite part? I know you've done um, it like a dozen times, right? You've been there a bunch. Yes. His favorite part was flying home. Um, you know what my favorite part always is? <laughs> What's that? My, my favorite part, I don't know, it's just every time I do one of these, it cements it in more. My favorite part is eating breakfast with everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and then how we would go straight to the restaurant when we got back from the expo, and we'd order some steaks or burgers or whatever, and we'd all sit and eat. That was, That's those what I'm talking about, those, man. That's, those are yeah. my highlights. Highlights yeah. of my trip, you know, like Dusty and I have talked about how we always sneak off and do breakfast, and you know, talk about everyone else. You know, always bad spread things. rumors, bitch, and complain. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just breakfast in the hotel. Like I love a good buffet breakfast where I've got like two hours to eat because I got up at 7.30 and I'm like, we don't have to leave till 9.45. I can just yeah. sit here and eat pancakes at two miles an hour and drink four cups of coffee and blah, blah, blah. I just love that. espresso That's... machine there. That was good breakfast. Oh, yeah, just too. keep making them. Yeah. These are things you cannot yeah. do at home also. Like yeah. you would never. You eat on a timeline at home no matter what you do. I got to eat and move on. I came home and I was confused. I was waiting for somebody to make my omelet the first day. I didn't. Know I know. Where they I were, know. You know. They got that omelet station there. You, I got that. I got the egg whites, no oil. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know. I tried to explain it to Victoria how breakfast works, but she didn't go for it. She goes, "I'm oh, Canadian, yeah. not German. Get out of here." Yeah, um, it was a good time. That's my favorite time. That's my favorite stuff. Of just laughing, you know, because like, it's like 
yeah, everyone's everyone's in a pretty good mood. You know, everyone's joking around. Everyone's got some funny story to tell because we're all traveling. Like traveling is when all the dumb shit happens to you. So everyone's got some story, you know. And then how was the team dinner? It looked solid. Was it like a spaghetti, a pasta place? What oh yeah, yeah. We went to an Italian place. Yeah, it was. Great. I had a steak and I had some pizza and yeah, it was a good time. You know, nice. and also our Scottish friend Scott Weston was there for me to harass and and <laughs> attempt to humiliate constantly. He's great. And, uh, I like him. I don't know if you caught the video I did where I scanned the table and I left him out. I went around him <laughs> and scanned everyone. I went around him. And he was so yeah. He sat in on the show too. He he came in. Yeah, he was. That was cool. He was really excited, which I was happy for. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Uh, yeah. His his family contacted me and they said, "Hey, you got to have him on the show. It really mean a lot to him." And uh, you know, they really they really begged begged me to try to. (laughs) (laughs) There it goes again. He really needs this in his life. He really (laughs) not been going well for him, but you know, he really. Sees your show as a pinnacle of what he might be able just to just knowing Ron itself is amazing. So I'll keep him you know. going for one day longer, kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Keep him going. Keep him going. Give him a bit of hope. You know. Oh man, I don't know how he hasn't killed all of us. Um, <laughs> Lips a long a ways guy. away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's why <laughs> proximity, safety, and distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the gyms were amazing. cool too. I made a mistake. Yeah, I went to World Gym, so. Um, the last day that I, cause I stayed two extra days cause I wanted to go check out the city and stuff. I was like, if I fly to Germany and I only go to an expo and then I leave right away and that's, I'm going to kick myself in 10 years, you know? So mm-hmm. I could have stayed longer. I only stayed a couple extra days, which was plenty. Otherwise, if I, I should have stayed either that was perfect or stay another day. And then I've gone to Amsterdam or something, but, right. um, I went with, um, Andy. Yep, yeah, yeah, Andy, yeah, good guy. Okay, let me say that again because I'm going to edit this. I went with Andy uh, that we met over there at Craft Station. I, we met up at World Gym and trained over there. I wasn't the biggest fan there, and I really wanted to check out Muscle. Was it Muscle's Gym? I didn't go there. Yeah, Muscle Gym. So yeah. we always go to Muscle Gym and see Jack and the crew. At least we always usually go Saturday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But we did our team dinner Saturday night, didn't we? We did, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and and man, I was I just simply I couldn't I couldn't train that day. I was too wiped out. And then Sunday night we were gonna go to Muscle Gym, and we were all just absolutely destroyed, wiped. Like like we were all tapped out by eight o'clock. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I next time I go, I definitely like Thursday night I'm gonna go to Muscle Gym. Because we always That's usually wait idea. till like Saturday, but next next year it's Thursday night right off the bat. I'm gonna go see Jack and the crew, and uh, and get a workout in because I, I was I was upset I didn't get down there. So it's a mm. it's like a really hardcore space, right? Yeah, yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah. with a, yeah, the I'm most. told there's a sex swing in the middle of the gym. Like that's how yeah I'm may or may not be a sex swing in the middle of the gym. Again, bodybuilding in Germany, little different. That's what I'm saying. Just a little, just a little. Yeah, craft station yeah. is cool too. It yep. also different. It was almost like an art gallery in there. You know what I mean? Like an yeah, installation. Yeah, very interesting. Piece. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. There's a lot of cool pieces of equipment floating around in Germany, like a lot of that old Jim eighty stuff and some really neat, you know, that that um, Galaxy Sport stuff. Some of yeah. that neat old Galaxy Sport equipment. Yeah, like just uh, just yeah. There's some cool stuff floating around. 
Um, one thing I will say, I, I found that gyms in Europe generally, again, this isn't every gym, but gyms in Europe generally need more plates. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to get more plates. A lot of gyms in Europe need more plates. Like they'll have a great leg press, but I'm looking around. I'm like, I only see six plates like in the near vicinity. Yeah. So I'm going to have to walk around and get a whole bunch more plates. So um, I think that's a general thing in Europe. So if you have a gym in Europe that has enough plates, then, you know, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, that was Ron's main complaint. It was like, I had to find plates and I ruined your workout. That's, that's how they do cardio. I don't, like, I don't like walking around looking for plates. So make sure your gym has enough plates. Yeah. At least they had plates and not just 35s like the last gym we went to. I mean, yeah, ooh. yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was weird. I don't even know how to do, do trip, math though. in 35s. Like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got my you phone out of like think. this plus this. To actually think. Yeah, Just yeah. put three more of those on. We'll see what happens. Ron was yeah. moving and shaking, too, because he went out to like a big soiree. There was like a big Jim 80 soiree that he got whisked away, whisked away to. Uh, yeah, Friday I night. got to go to the I got to go to the Jim 80 party. I guess it was the owner's birthday. Okay. And uh, so Jim 80, you know, one of the biggest equipment manufacturers, you know, I've ever seen, like their facility was huge, man. They've been in Germany for 40 years. And, um, and my buddy, Frank, who is a world champion flatland rider, Frank Lucas, he was invited to put on a show uh, to do a little riding show at the party because they had some, you know, fire jugglers and parkour guys and they invited Frank. So Frank asked me to go with him. So I rode up. It was an hour drive. We went up to the party. We took Frank's bike. And uh, I thought I was going to get to see Frank ride. But the party was very busy. And it went really long. And, uh, you know, the fire jugglers or whatever, they didn't go out till like, you know, 930. And then it was just got really late. And the dance floor was already covered in confetti. So Frank's like, right. I can't really ride on this. Like if they clear a space for me, they're going to have to sweep it. Like I can't ride on confetti. And it just got so late. It was like 1030 at night. And I was so tired. Frank's like, ah, let's just go. (laughs) So we went to Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) Went to Burger King. Picked out. So I didn't get to see Frank ride, uh, you know, which kind of bummed me out because I wanted to. But uh, but he still took me to an awesome party that the whole Jim 80 uh, crew, the whole like all this, the people that I met there were just amazing. Their facility was very impressive. Like huge warehouses full of steel and equipment, and I saw the whole thing. I saw the plant, and I saw the the you know everything, the spray booths, and everything that they do to make equipment. And their showroom, which was where the party was, was like a luxury nightclub full of equipment. It was like the that's the, wild. so cool. It was the coolest showroom I've ever seen for gym equipment. It was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, like they were just making the equipment look unbelievably appealing in that showroom. And it was a right. great place to have a party because they had like, you know, they'd have like a row of machines and you could literally get on them and try them out. But then they'd have really nice couches on the other side of them. And everyone's like lounging, drinking, eating their food. It was, they fed us free food. You know, as soon as I walk in the door, I see Dennis Wolf. He's like, hey, like I just shot an episode with him. Right. So he's like, hey, of, awesome. I'm like, of course you're here. Of course. Yeah, right. of course he's he is. Got a yeah. Backyard full of Jim Eady equipment. So it was just, it was a good time, you know? So, yeah, That's I want to cool. thank everyone that I, that I met there for showing me a good time in Germany, and, you know? And I want to thank Thanks everybody that I hung out with and all the listeners and stuff that came up to us. We had people coming up from, like, all over Europe, people. Like, a lot of people, like Holland, Netherlands, stuff like that, which surprised me. 
And they're like, hey, you know, big fan of the show. Been watching since 2016, which yeah. blows my mind to think people have been following that long, you know, all the way around the world. So I had a really good time getting to meet everybody. You know, it was, it was yeah, really cool. I, some of the people that said they watched the show, like people from Turkey yeah. and Morocco, like a guy uh, from Morocco. He's like, oh, I watch all your episodes. I've been watching since you were on Dusty's channel. That's so cool. You know, that's like awesome. really, really cool. So I, that was awesome. So thank you to all the listeners for sure. Um, you know, just, you know, the highlight of being at the booth is meeting people who, you know, came to meet us specifically. That's definitely right. a, a special, a special thing. So thank you. Yeah. You know, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That's what do you cool. think, Scott? That was a mind blowing experience is what I think, man. Like as cheesy as the word sounds, I feel blessed to have had that experience. Yeah. So I have yeah, all yeah. this video footage, guys. Like I shot on my you know, I'm on my phone the whole thing. But I started looking through it, Ron. I have I put it all on my computer. It's like an hour and a half long. I don't even know how to edit it down, like to make it into one cohesive thing that people are gonna want to watch. Cause it's just so much. You know what I mean? Right. Some of it's just us having breakfast. So I don't know. I'll figure out something. Yeah, that's the stuff. I think, though, I think if you could do it again, would be, I, I have I've had people say this before, uh, because we've talked about this before, is getting some of that stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's too bad there couldn't be a camera running and you could just do breakfast normal because that's something people have asked about. Like, oh, you guys should film that. I'm like, well, I can't because then it won't be what it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's too bad, but it's like, you know, it, it, it doesn't work as well that way. But I think if you just put together something that shows bits and pieces, I mean, people will enjoy it because yeah, if I, I had never have... been, I would want to know what it is. Yeah. And it's easy for me to listen to these stories and like identify because I've been there so many times. Yeah. If I hadn't, I would love to see because when you say it's busy on Saturday, you can't put that into words if you haven't been. You don't yeah, understand yeah. what that means. Yeah, like I wouldn't worry too move. much. I wouldn't worry too much about the video having any cohesive flow or yeah, making right. sense. Maybe I would you're just right. let it be its own little art bomb. Just, <laughs> just it's like we're talking about my boom. life again. Yeah. Deal with um, this. No, <laughs> you know, there's no context for any of these clips. Here you go. Yep. Maybe yeah. that's it's maybe a bunch of video. Be it. Maybe that'll yeah. be. Yeah. It. Is this day or night? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You, you watch it or not watch it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've got to shoot. I've got to go to the gym. Whoa! Can imagine. Wow. Yeah, I got to get back on schedule. Wow. Meet up with training the training at eight oh seven p.m. Oh, what, a, yeah. what a freak! I forgot it's you not know? eight o'clock there. Yeah, yeah. five oh seven. That's right. <laughs> okay. No, but uh, I'm very happy to be home. And uh, again, you know, thanks guys for uh, moving the uh, recording of the podcast uh, several hours back to allow me to get home from my crazy weekend. And uh, you know, Glad we could do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. And remember, I am mute.com, Dusty20, Big Ron20. Save yourself 20%. Use our codes. Help us out. And uh, Patreon for Think Big Bodybuilding. Go on the Patreon. Become a Patreon member. Remember, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help a child in need. Scott. And uh, <laughs> he has a beard. <laughs> so so you could definitely do that. Thank so we guys. appreciate everyone who is helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Is that a wrap up? I have to say That's thank it. you to I just have to say thank you to Mutant. I mean, I, I can't 
completely put it into words, but I am beyond grateful that you guys brought me in as part of the team to go out to Germany. Just that's yeah. all I can say is just thank you. It was so cool. Yeah. Second of many. Of <laughs> Trying to do things a little differently, you know? Explore the space. <laughs> Gonna need more cowbell. Um, need more cowbell. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks guys. I'll see you again and remember it's just bodybuilding.